Morning. It's good to be with you. And I trust that you're excited to be here this morning. For those of you who did get the message, you'll see that I'm going to be speaking on biblical courtship this morning. And um, before we get into that, I want to say that God has called the leaders of the church to be shepherds of God's flock. And as a shepherd of God's flock, if you have a look at a shepherd, he takes care of the sheep. And so it's our responsibility as the shepherds of God's flock to take care of the sheep. And that means speaking about things like courtship. And I want each one of you to listen to what I have to say. I don't want you to get bent out of shape. I want you to hear what the Word of God has to say on the subject. Because the world has skewed our view of what God's intention was when it came to courtship. And so I'm trusting that with what I share, it will help us all this morning to do it God's way and not man's way. I also want to say this, that I'm not only speaking to the youth. We always think that, yeah, this is related to the youth. No, I'm speaking to you as parents. I'm speaking to you as older single people who are maybe wanting to get married. This applies to you as well. It's not just to the youth. So don't say, yes, go for it, speak to the youth, tell them what to do. No, I'm speaking to you. I'm telling you what you need to do. There's a wrong way of going about it, which is the world's way. And then there's not a right way of going about it. There's God's way of doing it. And that's what we are going to be looking at today, God's way. He created us. He knows what's best for us. And uh, the world has their own view and their own ideas. But God, our Creator, knows what's best for us. So if we do it according to what he has to say, it's going to work out. And it's, it's going to be something beautiful. So before I get into speaking about courtship, I just want to say a few things about marriage. Marriage is God's idea. It was God's plan. It was not something that man came up with. It was God's idea. And because it was God's idea, the enemy hates it. And the enemy would like to do his best to destroy marriage. Or anything that has to do with marriage, the enemy would love to destroy it. But God has said that if we will do marriage... According to his word, that it will be something beautiful. And it will be lasting, and it will be impactful. And the enemy hates this, and that's why he would love nothing more than to give marriage a bad name. It's things like, why get married? Why not just stay together? 
Why only have one wife? Why not have a whole lot of wives? <laughs> Why not? <laughs> you can't handle the one you've got. Eh? <laughs> and in the world today, marriage is no longer looked at as something important or sacred. There's many fish in the sea. If you don't like the person you're with, well, then just find somebody else. But that was never God's intention. Like I said, this attack on marriage is orchestrated by the devil himself because he hates marriage because it was God's idea. He wants to make it look outdated. That it was all right for the old fogies, but we've moved on. That was for then. Now we live by a new set of rules, new standard. But can I say, church, God has not changed. His ways are not outdated. There are no amendments or updates to his word. His word is still true today. And the word stands what he said is still important for us today. I'm not saying that if you do it God's way that there are not going to be difficult times. Yes, there will be. But God will help us get through those difficult times. He will bring forgiveness. He will bring restoration. And man, He will make our marriages into something beautiful. The second thing that I want to say before I get into courtship is that sex is also something beautiful, created by God to be enjoyed in the marriage relationship. It was never intended to be enjoyed outside of marriage. It was meant for the marriage relationship. And again, the enemy has taken it and he's made it to be cheap because it was something that God orchestrated and it's something beautiful. And so again, the enemy has taken it and he's tried to make it look cheap. And he said, go and have many relationships. And maybe I'm going to be a bit crass here now, but I think many times we treat relationships like we treat car dealerships. Where we go and we test drive cars to see which one suits us. That was never God's intention when it comes to relationships or to dating or to marriage. God's plan was that we find the person we love and that we live with them until death parts us. For those of you who are virgins, the world looks at you as if there's something wrong with you. I want to say to you there's nothing wrong with you. You do it God's way, and God will bless you. There's nothing wrong with being obedient to what the Word of God says. It is the best way of doing it. So let's get on to the subject. What does the Bible say about dating or courtship? Well, if you go and read through Scripture you'll find the Bible doesn't have anything to say about dating or courtship. Those two words don't actually exist in the Bible. 
But the Bible does tell us how we should live our lives as children of God. And that's who I'm speaking to today. That's who I'm preaching to. Is if you are a child of God, we're going to go through a whole lot of things that the Bible has to say of how we need to conduct ourselves as God's children. Where it comes to dating, and we look at the way that the world looks at dating, is it's going to go with many partners until you can find the one that suits you, and then you can decide after that whether you're going to move in together or whether you're going to get married. But that was never God's plan. And along the way, with the problem with what happens here is that people are being hurt. You are forming soul ties with people that God never intended you to form a soul tie with. And those soul ties are real. You can speak to people in this room who've been involved in more than one relationship. And they will tell you that those soul ties are real. And so the Bible does teach us how we should conduct ourselves as God's children. And so that's what I want to look at. And so to make things a little bit easier, I'm going to be using the word courtship because I believe that that is closer to the biblical pattern of what God wants us or of how God wants us to conduct ourselves in a relationship. And so different people have come up with different definitions of it, but I think for me, this is most probably the best definition, and I want to read it to you. So biblical courtship is the period of time in which a man who is romantically interested in a woman pursues her in an intentional way with the hope of marrying her. The man and the woman attempt um, to not stir up each other's love prematurely and this do not act like a couple or as if they belong to each other. The man treats the woman as a sister in all purity. The aim is to reach a wise decision with the help of their family, their, their Christian family, and the leaders and from God on whether they should marry or not while behaving in a way that honors God. The hope is that whether things work out or not, not sorry, whether things work out or not, each person is left undamaged. Biblical courtship is a commitment founded on God's love to honor God's will as you seek a partner for your life. So you see, courtship, biblical courtship revolves around God, around respect for each other. And for God's commandments. As God's children, when we surrendered our lives to Jesus, when we accepted Jesus as our personal Lord and Savior, we surrendered our lives to Him. And so we should honor His word and we should live according to His word and His principles that He's laid out. 
And in 2 Peter 2 verse 20 it says this, if they have escaped the corrupt, sorry, if they've escaped the corruption of this world by knowing our Lord Jesus, by knowing the Lord as Savior, and again in, are entangled in the ways of the world and are overcome, they are worse off than when they were in the beginning. So what is being said here is that if you know the truth and you go back to the world's way of doing things, that you are going to be worse off at the end because you've known the truth and yet you've chosen to go against the truth. And so this morning with what I'm going to teach you is to open up the truth of God's word to you on this subject. And I'm trusting that you will not go back to the ways of the world after this. So the ultimate goal of courtship is to find a lifelong partner. If you are going out with someone right now and you have no intention of marrying them, can I say to you, what are you doing by going out with them? Stop it. Because the reason you go out with someone is to find that lifelong partner. And if you are just going out with someone for the sake of dating them, stop it. I want to say to you as parents, you have a responsibility in God to pray for your children. Pray that God will bring the right partner across your children's path. Someone who will love them, who will build them up, who will encourage them, who will help them in their journey of life. Don't just leave it up to them. Pray and ask God to bring the right person across their path. So in this courtship period, it is a time to use to discover the character of the person. What kind of person are they really? As a child of God, the first thing you do when you find someone that you are interested in is you ask them, do you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? And if that person says to you, no, I don't, that's it. The relationship ends there. It doesn't need to go any further. You say to me, Dion, how can you say that? Well, you are a child of God. And the Bible says to us in 2 Corinthians 6, verse 14 to 15, Do not be yoked together with unbelievers. For what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? What harmony is there between Christ and Belal? Or what does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? You may say to me, Dion, but these are hard words. Yes, they are. But as the shepherd of God's flock, I need to tell you the truth. That as a child of God, you have no right to go and play around with an unbeliever. Don't think you are going to change that person and that they will come to know the Lord as their Savior. Yes, it can happen. I've met many people where the one person hasn't known the Lord and the other one has, and that person has come to know the Lord through that relationship. But don't take it for granted that it is going to happen. I've seen it hundreds of times work the other way, 
where the unbeliever has dragged the person who does believe down to the place where actually they don't even serve the Lord anymore, where they've turned away. Here in the life of this church, it's happened many times. I can name you many people where that has happened, where they have gone against the principles of God, and today they are not serving the Lord any longer. You may say to me, Dion, this is not going to happen to me. I'm strong enough to handle this. I'm telling you, if you play in the enemy's camp, the enemy will take you out. You are not stronger than the enemy. Jesus says to us, run away. Don't even entertain those things, just run away. And to say this as well, that no man or woman is worth sacrificing your relationship with the Lord Jesus. And your marrying an unbeliever will weaken your relationship with Christ and compromise your morals and standards. But I'm going to say this as well, that if you are here and you are married to someone who does not know Jesus as their Savior and as their Lord, I'm not giving you permission to go and divorce that person now. You pray for them. You set an example of godly living. And hopefully, through your prayers and through your faith in Jesus, their lives will turn around and they will come to know the Lord. But I'm not giving you permission to divorce them. The other thing is here with this is even if the person does say that they are a child of God, does their lives prove it by the way that they live? Why do I say this? Because I've seen so many times where there are wolves in sheep's clothing that come into the life of the church. They act like they're children of God so that they can find a man or a woman in the life of the church because they know that usually the men and women in the church are good people. So they come in to find a husband or a wife. And so when you find someone and they say to you, yes, I do know Jesus, ask them, when did you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Has your life changed since you've known Jesus as your Lord and Savior? And then don't just take their word for it. Go and ask their friends and go and ask their family. Does this person really know the Lord? Has there been a change in the way that they live their lives? Because too many people have been caught out with that. A person has said, yes, I know the Lord. And then on the wedding day, their true colors come out. And you find out that they don't really know the Lord the way that they should. The second important thing to, to find out from that person is do they share the same desire towards Christ-likeness? In other words, are they serving God with a passion? Do they have a desire for the things of God? 
Or have they only just stepped through the doorway? The other mistake many people have made is they've married a child of God. But as the marriage has gone on, they found that this person does not have the same desire to serve God that they might have. Or they might not have, you might have a desire in your heart to go to the nations, to minister the gospel of Jesus to the nations, and this person doesn't. And so your growth in Jesus is stunted. That mission that God had planted in your heart, you cannot do because now your partner is holding you back. In Philippians 2 verse 5 it says, In your relationship with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. So there are questions that need to be asked before you get into a relationship. Where do you see your future going? And going back to if you are someone who wants to work into the nations, ask that person, do they have a desire for the nations? Are they willing to go? Are they willing to say yes to the kingdom of God? If not, don't even go into that relationship. The next thing is when you are courting or in a committed relationship, put the Lord first in that relationship. You don't put the relationship first. You put Jesus first. In Matthew 10 verse 37, it says, Anyone who loves their father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves their son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And can I go on to say that anyone who loves their boyfriend or girlfriend or wife or husband more than Jesus is not worthy of Jesus. He has to be number one in our life. He has preeminence, which means he has superiority, supremacy, greatness, excellence. And to say that your partner, and I know we... We don't mean it this way, but I'm going to say it in any case. To say that our partner is everything to us can in some way be idol worship. Were we making an idol out of them? No, Jesus is everything. See, in our relationships, in our courtship, everything has to come back to Jesus. Putting him first. Colossians 3 verse 5 says, Just put to death therefore every sorry, put to death therefore whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. When we surrendered our lives to Christ, we gave him control of our lives. And so we are not to defile our bodies by living a life of sin by living like the world lives, according to the world's standards. Galatians 5 verse 16 says, So I say, walk by the Spirit, 
and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. One Corinthians six verse nine says, "Or do you not know that wrongdoers will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived." Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who have sex with men will enter the kingdom of God. You see, as children of God, we live by a different set of rules. We don't live by the world's set of rules, by the world's standards. We live by God's standards. One Corinthians six verse eighteen says, "Flee from sexual immorality, and all other sins a person commits. Sorry, all other sins a person commits are outside the body, but whoever sins sexually sins against their own body." And so God wants us to live righteous and holy lives. It's important for us to honour the other person that we are in a relationship with. In Romans 12, verse 9 to 10, it says, Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. And John 13, verse 34 says, A new commandment I give to you. Love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. You see, when we go into a courtship or into a relationship, we need to love each other the way that Christ loved us. And how did Christ love us? He didn't use us and abuse us, but he offered himself for us. And so when we go into a relationship, we need to honor that other person. We need to love them and respect them. We need to treat them the way God would treat them. Choosing a marriage partner is one of the, the greatest decisions you will ever make in life. Besides accepting Jesus as your Savior and as your Lord. The Bible says to us that when we get married, that the two become one flesh. And that was always God's intention. It was God's intention with us when we gave our lives to him that the two become one, that we become one with Christ. And marriage is just a picture of the relationship that God wants with us. So having said all of this, I want to go through a few things that we teach our young people in the youth so that you as parents know what is being taught in the youth group. But also, this doesn't just apply to the youth. This applies to you as adults as well who are single, who are wanting to get married. This applies to your relationships as well, not just to the young people. 
So in the youth, we discourage them from dating. We rather want them to be friends, have fun together, not have an exclusive relationship. Why? Because we don't want them to awaken love before it's time. Especially while they're still young. And those of you who are married here or have been involved in relationships and you haven't done it the biblical way, you'll know what I'm talking about here. Don't awaken love before it's time. Especially when you are still young, when you are at school. Because that is going to lead you down a road that leads to sin. And before you know it, you're going to end up in a sexual relationship which goes against God's principles. Save, save yourself until you get married. What we do encourage is that when people, when our youngsters go out, that they go out in a group. So they're there to protect one another. As the relationship or the courtship starts to progress and you do find yourself spending a bit more time alone, make sure you do it out in public. Don't go spending hours and hours together at home alone. It's going to lead you down a road that's very hard to come back from. So if you do want to spend time alone, do it in a public place. Go and eat at a restaurant where you can't get up to any kind of nonsense. Parents, I want to say to you as well, God has put you in charge of your children. You are there to protect your children. Make sure you are fulfilling your parenting role by praying for your children putting down rules and regulations in your house that will protect your children. It's not up to the school or social media to raise your children. God has put you in charge of raising your children. The next thing that we teach him is that the person that you do go out with does not belong to you. They belong to God. So treat them with respect. Treat them as you would a sister or brother. And you don't go around having sex with a sister or brother or kissing a sister or brother passionately. I always remember my friend, he used to say, when you go out, you put the Bible between you. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Put the brothers there, the, the disciples there, to protect you from getting up to nonsense. Then when you think you have found the right person, and you are wanting to take that relationship to the next step, Come and speak to your leaders about it. 
Why? Because we want to lord it over you? No, because God has put us as the shepherds of the flock in charge of taking care of you. And so we would like to meet this person that you are planning on marrying one day before the day that you get married. You see, sometimes there are things that God reveals to us or that we may have dealt with with that person. And we might be able to say to you, listen, we don't think this is such a good idea because of this. It's not because now we're trying to lord it over you. But there are things that God does reveal to us as leaders. And we want to protect you from getting hurt. The next thing is be holy and righteous in all that you do. And do what you do as unto God. In the last one, I'd like to bring up here is be accountable to someone who will keep watch over you. And now we've seen this. This works well. Where you go to a leader or to one of the, the deacons in the life of the church or to someone that you trust who is going to challenge you. And you say, won't you please be my accountability partner? And that person must actually be a hardkoppige person, if I can put it that way. They must be hard. They must say, where were you last night? Why were you out so late? What were you up to? They need to challenge you. They can't just be someone who, yeah, that's great, you know. How's the relationship going? Great stuff. No, they need to challenge you. What were you up to? Why were you alone? It's not to be difficult, but it's to protect you so that you do what is right. So that when you do get married, your relationship starts off on a good foot. And so this is what we teach our young people. And so parents, if you're wondering what it is, that's what we teach them. And so I trust that with what I've shared this morning, that it helps you understand a little bit more about doing it God's way and the importance of doing it God's way because doing it God's way produces life and life of abundance. But when we do it the world's way, it brings death and destruction. And so God wants us to do it His way. And so I trust that this will help you who are single to do it God's way. Can we pray?